0: More than once, actually. Do
1: I have to say?
2: Yes, you do.
0: In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes.
2: Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
2: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com.
3: Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18
2: plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving... At your desk, maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com.
3: Hi, Paul Dennett here. Just letting you know that Cricket Unfiltered is now on Patreon. If you are a fan of our show and would like to support us with a few dollars each month, go to patreon.com slash cricket unfiltered or click the link in the show notes on your podcast app.
4: Menes here, our Patreon supporters, will also get some pretty cool bonus content. Paul will be doing a series of cricket history podcasts.
3: And Menes will be doing long form interviews with leading cricket personalities.
4: All of these shows, plus other bonus features, will be available exclusively to our Patreon supporters.
3: So if you want some great extra content, or if you just love the show and would like to help support us financially, please go to patreon.com slash cricketunfiltered.
4: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm Andrew Mentzel, joined by Jaleesa Apps, the battler from Bura. Jaleesa, how are you?
5: Yes, I'm good. You know, it's not the first time I've been called the battler from Bura, And uh, I have to say, last week, I, I actually really enjoy missing out on the podcast because it means I get to listen to it. And last week, I did hear you sledging me and predictably, Paul, once again, is very you know on it just like Mary measured defending me but I have to go against you Paul I am <laughs> bad with technology so whilst I appreciate your um defense of me and um you're always getting as we always gang up on minutes I also always appreciate that too but I have to say I'm not actually bad with technology I'm just really bad at having phones and so i like to drop and smash my phones at least once a year and uh i'm working off an iphone 6 at the moment so i'm back in like 2013 it's a real joy
4: you're back in like 1985 you don't even have a computer <laughs>
5: well no but you don't really need and like i honestly i'd live off the grid if i could
4: and you heard the laugh there of paul dennett jaleesa's defender how are you paul Oh, good uh, guys. It's been an
3: emotional night for me. Uh, I really enjoyed watching the cricket. Um,
4: Did you lose a multi?
3: No, no, I won. I won on, um, on India. I had some money on India. But the reason it was emotional is that my whole life I've never owned any pets and never had any desire to. And we are currently minding um, <gasps> a, a puppy. And That's
0: so good.
3: I, well, it's so good for everyone. Like, I, I respect the puppy. I wish it well. But I'm still, it's still, I just don't think I'm a, a, an animal person. So it's been, um, No. um I was trying to watch the cricket and the dog has taken a fascination for me that it wants to come up and uh, spend time. I think it's sensed that I'm sort of a, a bit nervous around it. So yes, it was, um, it's very hard to try to um, follow the commentary and follow the cricket and, and put bets on when a, when a strange dog is running around your feet.
5: Paul, I can't believe you're not an animal person. I do you know what I? I don't ever trust people who are not animal people, and I never got this vibe from you. And you're such a gentle soul. I'm so shocked.
3: No, I'm not. I'm not not an animal person. I like I like them. I'm just a bit sort of. I think I have a couple of bad experiences with dogs when I was a kid. Stray dogs at a holiday place we're at that were sort of um, chasing me and stuff, and I've just been a bit wary of them. So you know maybe my wife is insistent that I will soon fall in love with this puppy and uh, everything will change. She's at this moment gesturing to me saying that the puppy's hearing what I'm saying and then that that, that you know the puppy's not. <laughs> yeah, impressed.
5: don't say it in front of the puppy.
3: <laughs> my daughter's giving me the thumbs down as well. But
5: <laughs> no, I'm with them. And Menas actually um men is actually like we obviously out of it for people that wouldn't know this, we have a group text going, but men is often text me. Not in the group text, just pictures of Charlie. We don't ever have any chats, (laughs) but pictures of Charlie, his beautiful nineteen-year-old cat. So, Paul, if I'm not going to get pictures, if I'm not getting pictures of this puppy by the end of the day, I'm going
3: to be filthy. I'll I'll definitely send
4: some pictures through. (laughs) Thank you. You can drop them in the group chat. Okay. All right. all right. We've got a lot to get through in Cricket Unfiltered. As always, uh, I'm, I've got some grabs from Usman Khawaja, Alex Hales, James Faulkner, and even Ricky Ponting to go over. James Faulkner just buried the head coach of the the Hurricanes last week. Absolutely buried him. So we're going to listen to all that. Then um, we're going to bring it on home with some viewer mail and can't let it go. But Let's start with this crazy notion that Paul wants to kick things off with.
2: Go on. Oh,
3: that's rhetorical. I was just, I'm actually not, I don't believe this, but I've just sort of said, um, I, I noticed that Michael Vaughan has come out in the press today and hammered England. And there's a the, the whole feeling that, Oh, what's the point of them coming out here? And I'm, so I've just sort of said, ironically in the notes, should we disinvite England to the ashes and invite someone else instead, such as New Zealand or Scotland. I've then immediately said, no, I don't think so. So, um, I, I still think that England have a chance out here, but it was a, a particularly disappointing effort from them. They once again were so defence-minded, and that the game sort of um, left them for dead, and they got bowled out. India stunning. So, for those of you who didn't catch up on it, that India has beaten England in the fourth Test match to take a two-one lead in that series. So that's on the back of beating Australia in Australia. To beat England now in England, they have done it before, but it's still a pretty rare occurrence. So there's no doubt that this Indian side is the best side in the world and the best Indian team ever.
4: Now, you've also written on the notes, Paul, Menas, can you rank Javo's three appearances in order of which made you most furious? Now, <laughs> I... It's funny because you two thought I was this sort of ogre, you know, raining on everyone's fun when he first wanted out onto Lords. And I said they should throw the book at him. Maybe I said it on cricket day. They said it somewhere. They should throw him in jail, whatever, throw the key away. And then his third appearance, he runs out, tries to bowl a ball and runs into Johnny Bearstow and almost knocks him over. He could have injured him. I mean, this guy's a pest. They should have, they shouldn't have laughed at the first in the first place. He should have been chucked in. London Bridge or the Tower of London and left there.
3: You realise, man, that's going to require me five minutes to once again search out the beat function and line it up to delete that swear word of yours. Thanks, mate.
5: It's usually
4: me doing that. Uh, But, yeah, I just thought that was a bad look. And and quite seriously, it does show why you you need to take these matters very seriously. You can't just laugh at it when someone wanders out with players. Clearly, security at English grounds is not good enough.
3: Yeah, clearly that's right. But it's still funny. It's still uh, possible to say that he shouldn't have done it but especially the first time when he was just standing there looking so gormless on and on the field. And you thought, how did he get there? Uh, I found it funny. And even this last one, the moment that he ran onto the field, it's disgraceful what he did. Um, and plus he's got a terrible bowling technique. I don't think he can clearly be much of a cricket fan if he can't bowl. Um, and then, then he collided into, into Johnny Birstow. It's utterly unacceptable. They should throw the book at him, but I still found it funny.
4: Fair enough. Maybe I do not have a sense of humor.
3: <laughs> my favourite Johnny Berstow moment was in 2019 when I was at the Ashes and in the, um, the Holly stand, which is the raucous stand at Birmingham, a bloke walked by who looked, he had a bit of red hair and he looked slightly like Johnny Berstow. And someone yelled, it's Johnny Bairstow! And at that time, Johnny Besto was actually batting, so it clearly wasn't. Um, and the whole crowd roared for this guy and sang the, oh, Johnny Bairstow, you are the love of my life song to him and this guy had these like five seconds of fame simply because he had a passing passing resemblance to Johnny Besto so it's always a special moment
4: for me yeah well clearly a few points deep into their day <laughs> during that um <laughs> All right, well, let's get into the cricket headlines brought to you by Piccolo Podcasts. First one is that news is starting to emerge about the beginning of the domestic season that the Marsh Cup will be postponed. Um, Usman Khawaja was saying recently when he was announced as Thunder Skipper that he... Thinks that they're just going to try and get some games away, and that they don't really want to go into a hub. So I think you could see a situation where they're just sort of navigating state borders and whoever sort of can play each other, they'll just let them play.
3: And I think that makes sense. That they've just got to be pragmatic, get as much cricket as they can in, in, in whatever way they can. And you know, I know you love the the, the, the competition matters, and I've over the years loved it a lot as well. But I suppose if In terms of priorities, it's the first one that'll go.
4: That's right. They need some red ball cricket to get ready for the Ashes and the Marsh Cup's probably not going to be able to, you know, move up the priority chain. So I'm happy for them. You know, we could see some funky scheduling where, you know, WA plays South Australia twice if their border's open. And I think Queensland and South Australia is open, so they might play each other. And, you know, New South Wales and Victoria might be able to get some exemptions to play each other. But it's going to be a very peculiar start to the summer, no doubt.
5: Yeah, I think they just – I agree. They just need to get the, um, the um, schedule done as much as they can and be pretty flexible with it. The one thing I think about this summer is I wonder if we're going to see all the broadcasting uproar that we saw last year when we saw Seven not wanting to pay the full price for the broadcast because no doubt the Big Bash is, I think we can look at it now and go well the Big Bash is going to be affected by uh, international players not wanting to come in and do quarantine and that kind of thing I know in other sports it's um, a problem at the moment so I wonder if we're going to have this whole saga play out again. I really hope that we don't because I think it's very damaging.
4: Yeah, I don't think we will, though. Channel 7, they were completely bowled out by Cricket Australia. It was a terrible batting performance by 7. Uh, the, the ratings were astronomical. The, the cricket, all the games got played, and in the end, they went to arbitration and lost. So I think 7 would be smart to just keep their mouth shut and do the best they can at covering the game.
5: They probably might agitate a little bit, though. Maybe it won't go to the to the extent that it did before. But if you think broadcasters everywhere aren't going to try, aren't trying to save money where they can, I think that would be naive, even though that they didn't, they weren't successful as much as they would have liked to be before. I, I don't imagine that, they, I, I imagine that they will still agitate a little bit.
3: Man, if you're going to use uh, sporting analogies for Channel 7, you can't use cricket. That the, the hierarchy there don't know anything about cricket. They Even when they're talking about cricket, they use Aussie rules analogies. You need to come up with a few um, uh, Australian rules football analogies for them to make to make sense to
4: them. Yeah, well, hopefully they won't kick another own goal this summer.
3: That's not Aussie rules, mate. What? That's called a rush behind. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> they, they might have a few more legs to stand on this time, though, because... It, particularly with the ashes being up in the air, if that if that gets changed at all, then uh, then they definitely have got more legs to stand on than last season when everything ended up going ahead pretty normally.
4: Lisa, don't worry. Despite Paul's best intentions, we won't be playing Scotland in a five-test match series next summer. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but if we're playing a if we're playing if if um. You know, a lot of the England players won't come out and then they end up playing a very B team. Maybe Channel 7 have got a, a more of a leg to stand on. All
4: right. So some news has been announced since our last show. Usman Khawaj has been announced. The Sydney Thunder skipper, Alex Hales and Sam Billings have both been signed as their overseas players. And Usman uh, Khawaj jumped on a, a Zoom press conference late last week. And look, I put some tough questions to him. Here's the first one. I mean, uh, there's a lot of um, reception to your YouTube video about Justin Langer. What sort of feedback have you received from sort of players with the Aussie team? <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> good question. I haven't received any feedback. I no receipt. I can't really answer that question for you.
4: No, okay. Were you surprised then at the, re- the reception from the video?
1: Um, no, no. It was. It was. I look. I, when I was doing it, I knew it was a hot topic. I knew that it was going to attract a little bit of attention, Um, you know. Uh, that was quite obvious but I I, I just felt like I had to get some things because I I kept getting people from YouTube saying you know you're not in the team because Justin Lane hates you or this and that and and I wanted to clear that up first and foremost Um, and then secondly um, I felt like I had a bit of insight to give into the topic and I did and I was you know as open as honest as I could and that was pretty much as simple as that it wasn't too much um, agendas or thinking too much about anything else it was pretty
4: much that good questions Venice well done Thank you, I think <laughs> I think reading between the lines, he probably heard from some people in the Australian team. well,
5: he either heard from some people or they' he's just so irrelevant to them that they didn't. they were like like oh Osman's you know making you know out there speaking his mind again, who cares like um i i uh I wonder if they were just like whatever we don't we don't really care he's not in the team because that's what I thought
3: he might be soon though, I mean. You read the, the press speculation, there's every chance that he's in contention for the first test site.
5: Well, Wayne probably is pretty happy with him now.
4: <laughs> he'll be captain.
5: <laughs> yeah, he'll, uh, he'll be, you know, hello, guys, how are you going? The awkward entry. All
4: right. Now, also I asked Usman Kawaja about how he thinks the Sydney Thunder will shape up next summer.
1: Yeah, look, I was, I've got to be honest, last year was really disappointing. I thought we had a team to at the least, make the finals, if not win the finals. I thought we had a great team. Um, things just didn't fall into place. Um, timing was a bit off. We just struggled at the back end of the tournament, which is disappointing. It can really happen in T20 cricket. Even the year we won BBL05, we just peaked at the right time. So um, it was disappointing um, as a team last year. But I think, you know, obviously the bones are still there this year. Um, Hale's big player for us. Um, you know, we've got a lot of good young cricketers. We've got a lot of cricketers... Um, in the side have done well over a long period of time. Um, You know, obviously, Samzie's been awesome for the Thunder, um, representing Australia, had experience like Ben Cutting um, in there. So, you know, you can never know in T20 cricket because it is is a fickle game. But fingers crossed, everyone's fit and healthy. Um, If that's the case, I think you still have a very good team to do big things in in the game. Because I think um, looking at the side and the balance, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there to get very far into the tournament, if not win. I
4: have to agree with Usman, they look stacked.
3: The only thing might be if, um, <laughs> if the summer comes to pass, in the weirdness of that of the, could be that Hales and Billings could be ending up playing for England.
4: <laughs> They're the only ones here,
1: <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, um. I look, I think the Thunder look like a really strong team, and he, he mentioned a few names there, but just Hales and Kawaja at the top with Billings down the order and Daniel Sams. You add in Ben Cutting and Tanvi Sanger, they've got a really decent lineup. Both Sydney teams should be pretty competitive so Alex Hales signed for the thunder he also spoke to the media and I asked him a question and Alex Hales is a great guy like I've worked out why Owen Morgan doesn't like him Morgan has a zero personality (laughs) (laughs) personality and therefore Morgan's intimidated because boring the vacuous bloke I've ever seen Hales was so nice in the press conference anyway let's have a listen I heard Darren Lehman saying this week that he thinks some players might be reticent to come out with the quarantine. How do you sort of, how did you sort of come to the decision?
2: Yeah, I can, I can get it as well. It's obviously incredibly tough for guys, you know, people with young families and stuff to to be separated for such a long time. I think I'm in a, in terms of that kind of situation, I'm fortunate in that, um, you know, I I don't have any kids and I'm I'm a single man. So I'm kind of, I'll be fresh off a, a two-month break as well. So in terms of this, you know, quarantining and bubbles, I think I'll be as fresh as I can be. And, and it's, you know, obviously, well, obviously not looking forward to doing the quarantine, but I feel like I'll be in as good a headspace as I, as I can be to take it on. But, you know, I, I get why guys are struggling with it. You know, the stint I did last year in Perth was, you know, an incredibly tough two weeks. Um, so I can see why guys, um, you know, do struggle with it. But I feel like I'll be in as good a place as I can be to be equipped with it and hopefully... You know, get through it and enjoy myself on some out there.
4: Well, good he's doing it. But do, do you think we could see any adjustments to the quarantine laws by the big bash? Do you think if we hit eighty percent double vaxed, we we could have a a different situation where at least maybe some players can home quarantine?
5: Well, you won't unless it's available to the general public because that would be a terrible. Look, if you had people coming in that couldn't see their dying loved ones without doing quarantine, but uh, then you've got cricketers, that, that just won't happen. So I think if it's available to the general public, they'll be treated the same if they're double-vaxxed with whatever vaccine we, we also have approved.
3: Uh, yeah, I think that it's just so hard to uh, foresee what might happen. It's still quite a few months away and a lot can happen in three months. So if the vaccination rates get as high as they should and th- that things change quickly, then uh, anything's possible. I, I find it... Um, Amazing still that Alex Hales is out of the England side, out of England contention. I don't know what he did. I mean, the documented things of what he did um, aren't that bad. So Not in comparison to some. Exactly. And the fact that they didn't pick him uh, a few months ago when the COVID scare resulted in them having to play a side of almost entirely debutants that's um, – I, I just find that bizarre. As to Owen Morgan, um, I, I think he's a great captain and – he just seems like an intense guy. remember that time, Menas, when we were in one of our first ever little press group gatherings and um, he walked in and one of the first questions someone said to him was, um, you know, you're going to have a beer with – I know Kevin Peterson's in town. You're going to have a beer with him um, after the game tonight? And he just sort of looked at them, paused for two seconds and went, no. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> that
4: was the game he hit a six off the final ball at Thunder Stadium to uh, win the, the game for the Thunder. It was quite incredible
5: i thought um i thought it was something interesting that you pointed out um last week paul when you were talking about um quarantine and players maybe not coming for the big bash and that kind of thing when you were saying well um you know it it is funny listening to people um in england i think we've all got friends or whatever in england they're like what's wrong with you guys and i find that quite a funny question like what's wrong why aren't Why't it how did Australia bungle this so badly? It's like, oh no, we just don't have dead bodies. That's the difference. So even though everyone's quite critical about quarantine and coming and players have, having to do quarantine when they've been open for months, blah blah blah, it's like, yeah, but we're not quarantining with like 50,000 people dead, are we?
3: Like, well that's the exactly difference. the point. that yes, we screwed up the vaccine, and the federal government should have gotten miles more of the vaccine in, so we shouldn't be where we are, but given that that happened. Then I think we had no choice but to have lockdowns that we've got now, and these lockdowns and the state border closures and everything are a nightmare. But the alternative is to go down the path that many other countries have gone down, when, as you said, there is just um, people dying everywhere, and I, I, I'd rather, I'd rather what we've done.
0: Yeah,
4: Paul, you brought up about Hales, and uh, didn't he fail a drug test in the lead up to the 2019 World Cup, and that was uh, yeah led to this fracture and I think there's just a bit of jealousy from Morgan because obviously Hales was invited to a party and Morgan's never been <laughs> 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 no I mean
3: yeah like he shouldn't have done that but it was a recreational drug and I can see why that they I can actually see why they would have kicked him out of the World Cup for that That so listen we are serious about winning this um the fact that you're out there clearly getting ready to party we don't want you but God, you know, it's two years ago. Um, You'd think that after so many other people have had so many other things forgiven, there must be something more at play than that.
4: Yeah. Well, I think Morgan just doesn't like him. Um, All right. I got one more clip from Alex Hales. Um, You know, I'm fascinated with the hundred. I'm just curious if uh, what you thought of the hundred format and if you think there's anything the big bash could sort of look at that worked well.
2: Um, Yeah. it, It was really, really good to be honest. It was a huge success. Um, Really enjoyed the format. I like there was a couple of rules I did enjoy. I, I enjoyed that you know once if if a batter hits one up in the air and gets caught, it doesn't matter if they cross you know the new batter faces regardless, which I think you know could be brought into cricket everywhere. I also quite enjoyed the you know two two sets of five balls or two overs in a row at the same end. It definitely added to you know the speed of the game and made it a bit quicker. So you know, there are two rules I particularly enjoyed, but. Yeah, I think, you know, it's got people talking about cricket and it seemed to, it seemed to attract a new, you know, a new clientele of, of followers to the game, which is exactly what we wanted to do in England to try and grow the game.
4: I want two overs from one end next summer. I don't see why we can't do it.
2: Oh, he missed an
3: opportunity then. What he should have said in your, straight away, should have said, yeah, I think that I've always thought the big bash is three to third overs too many. And now this has proved it. <laughs>
5: I I'm really disappointed with you menace because I think the obvious follow-up questions is and what about last man stands any rules do you think you should be able to get uh two people out with one ball this is why i need to get on these press conferences
4: we need double plays alex
5: yeah we did we should have gone in as a team
4: but, but would you would you both be happy if they just said look we're going to bowl two overs from each end now to save time because they keep complaining that the 20-over games are going a bit long once you add in breaks and stuff. Why not shave a bit of time like that?
3: The problem is I think that that would not go down very well with Channel 7 where they would be banking on an ad after each over and to suddenly cut that in half, then the revenue would diminish substantially.
5: Well, I sort of just want to hear the opinion of someone who's a bowler, not a batsman on that. Would they like that?
4: I guess you, could, you can still switch bowlers, but um, maybe not change the ends. I'll tell you what, the
3: one thing that I really, and I've said this before, but that, that I loved about the 100 was that having it up on the board, the moment that the, the the time that the overs need to be bowled in, otherwise the every over that's not bowled by that time, you have one fielder less out of the circle. And I said this on Twitter the other day, that they should just immediately bring that into test cricket. But the first day of the first, of this test match, there was nothing doing that England only bowled uh, 25 overs in, in the first two hours. There's no reason for them not to have bowled 30. If it's up to me, I'd say, right, that's five overs that you're short. Straight after lunch, we have some penalties. And I think one, one penalty that would work would be to rob them of two fielders. So you, you go out there with only nine for the first five overs after lunch, see how you like that. They would immediately start bowling more quickly and then the problem would be solved.
4: Agree. All right. Now, Now, heading down south to Tasmania, there's been some controversy there. It's all kicked off. James Faulkner was not – well, he wasn't able to come to an agreement to play for the Hurricanes next summer. So, unfortunately, it looks like not only will James Faulkner not play for the Hurricanes, but he won't be in the big batch at all because most of the other clubs have sorted out their lists, which is a huge disappointment. Their what? What was that? Their squad. Their squad.
3: Oh, Oh. AFL.
4: I wish you hadn't heard that. Um, if
5: <laughs> you bet. edit that out, I'll be filthy.
3: <laughs> yeah, so, You're kicking um, goals, men. You're kicking goals, mate.
4: Yeah, another <laughs> <under>. um, one. So, <laughs> uh, so James Faulkner, and he did so well. In the, I don't know if anyone remembers, but in the Pakistan Super League, when it resumed, he was taking wickets for fun. Um, so unfortunately, we won't uh, see him in the big bash. And, boy, he was on a show, an SEN show called Jack and Payne, which has Jack Walt and Tim Payne, the Australian skipper. So there was an interesting dynamic with Payne conducting this interview, but um, Faulkner didn't hold back. Let's have a listen.
6: Yeah, look, uh, I found that pretty hard to take when I first, when I first heard it on the phone. Um, I found it pretty disrespectful for... Um, what I've sort of given a Tasmanian cricket, I've put my heart and soul into it and to, um, to hear, the, hear the initial offer, and that's what it all comes down to. Um, yeah, it's sort of cut pretty deep.
4: And then he goes on to talk about the head coach, Adam Griffith, and again doesn't miss.
6: Um, after saying that I've got no issue with the board and um, the players um, and the supporters, I think you can probably read between the lines there, there, Jack, Um I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to tell the truth. But I think when you watch the news and you and you see, well, I thought one of my mates, as well as a head coach, say that the bowling group and the, and the team have performed really well without me. First of all, and then secondly, saying we need to move on, and that he didn't really care. That that cuts as deep. That's like sticking a knife straight straight in my back. I don't think that's yeah. It's not called for.
4: What a backstabbing in Australian cricket lately. <laughs> It um, was a little larger about Langer. and Now this, I mean, to me, and I'll be interested in both your opinions, this is a massive loss. I mean, Faulkner should not be lost to the big bash.
3: I agree. Um, and th- those performances that he put in in the, in the PSL, I think, put to bed any speculation that he was a spent force. He has had injuries in, in recent years, and he's certainly been not the player that he once was. And his batting has lost a, a bit of its sparkle. but. I, I would still have him in um, any big, brash franchise I think he adds to it. It just seems that, okay, if Tasmania, if, if, the, if the Hurricanes made the decision that they wanted to to cut him, that, that's fine. You know, there's been decisions in the past where controversially uh, players have been let go that not, any, not everyone agrees with. But it just seems as though they handled it um, really poorly, that you would think that it, they could have just brought him in and had a meeting and said, listen, um, we're not going to proceed with you lay it all out on the table. He wouldn't have liked it, but it wouldn't have turned out to, to, to be this way.
5: What well, My understanding is, though, it's not that they didn't give him an offer. He just didn't like the offer.
3: But he's making it seem like it was a, like it was a, an insultingly low offer, that it was, you know, a, a fraction of what he expected and that, that it was almost like it, reading between the lines, it's almost like he's thinking they gave him that offer intending for him to refuse it so that they could then uh, wash their hands of him.
5: So, but my, what's the, what's the minimum wage for the big bash? Is it like, isn't it like the, I know the women's one is like, you know, isn't 30,000. So what's the men's one?
4: I don't know the minimum wage. For yeah.
5: Them. Like how insult, what I'm, what I'm sort of trying to get that is how insulting could it have been? You know, Well, like if, it's for, a, if
4: it's a fifth of what he was on last year, for example, you know, then yeah,
5: well, like uh, if there's a salary. I don't know. I just feel like there's salary caps in every sport.
4: Like callous, if,
5: if they didn't think that he was worth, if they were like, no, no, we want to spend, there's a salary cap. If they want to spend it on other players, I think sometimes you've just got to, I mean, it's, it's James Faulkner. It's not Steve Smith. It's like, you know, yeah, yeah. He's done really well. Yeah. he's. But there's, there's a lot of really good bowlers out there. I'm not that upset. <laughs> to be honest, like if he was that good, he could find somewhere else. If he hasn't, he hasn't. Like sometimes you just got to accept what you're worth.
3: I think to put it in NRL terms, if there's a player on 600 grand and they decided, oh, look, um, you know, we've got salary cap issues, and they said, ah, uh, here, mate, yeah, uh, here's your offer for next season <laughs> 75 grand. And going, well, what? well,
5: we can, we can actually, we can put that in real salary. Uh, we can put that in NRL terms because in the past few days, Tarek Sims, who is the state of origin player, has been cut. Is is has been told by the Dragons, you don't have. We don't. We don't see you on a long term deal. If you want to go and find somewhere else, that's fine. Go and find somewhere else. I think this is the same thing. If, I mean, but if he can handle it better, if he can find someone, if he can find someone to pay him more go find someone to pay you more otherwise you're not worth it
3: but he can but he, he can't now because the 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 window is shut that maybe they could have handled it more like the dragons and just sort of uh, and said it to him in that way rather than oh here's your offer and if that if its if it's, it's insultingly low as he's implying I could understand his anger
5: but the win, but the window isn't shut he can still find somewhere else if, if he's worth it
0: the
4: offer was delayed and therefore you know they didn't say to him at the end of summer we don't want you next year they said we'll get your contract together and
5: there's, there's still a lot of space in a lot of big bash teams and we'll see that fill up with like people like you know stark and and you know like a lot a lot of teams haven't signed their big players if he is worth that he will get signed if he's not he's not
4: wow wow i can't i feel sorry for your employer Well, uh, work is once you go into management jaleesa
5: well you just you're worth what the market's willing to pay for you i'm not i don't feel bad for him because if he's worth more than the offer he will get it because the, a lot of those sides haven't signed their big marquee players yet. Like, the Australian cricket side isn't signed to people yet. So if he's worth what they're worth, he'll find it.
3: Well, I think he's getting gonna... And is what you're saying that is an embargo
4: now? I think the embargo's lifted now.
3: Oh, so why was the... What's the issue with the embargo then?
4: Now, the point is they're filled up now. So he was not told... The what? The squads? The squads, are up.
5: <laughs> <laughs> the squads aren't all filled up, though.
4: Well, that's what he said. He said they were.
5: too late. No, but they're not. But they're not. We'll see people like, we will see like, you know, the Sixers will sign, you know, they'll be like, look at this. We've got Mitchell Stark. Once all the scheduling and they negotiate with players, what they want to do and all that kind of thing. There's plenty of rooms in squads, not lists. And if he's worth that, he will find another squad, not a list. (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, if the, the offer's too low for you, that's fine. Don't take it. He didn't. But don't whinge that you didn't then didn't take it.
4: battle oh. from Boor was fired up. All right, so that was <laughs> that taking um, aim at Tasmanian cricket or the Hurricanes. And last headline, Afghanistan are still likely to host Australia and the West Indies in a T20 series in the lead-up to the T20 World Cup. Likely they'll play in Qatar or the UAE. And the Afghanistan Cricket Board has also confirmed that they would still like to play their first ever test against Australia beginning on November 27th at Bell Reeve Oval. But yesterday, Monday, Tasmanian Premier Peter Gutwine said, I have very real concerns as to whether or not the state should hold that match without some very clear commitments being made around it in terms of the future of women's sport he's referring to in Afghanistan and he, he says that he intends to speak to the local Hazara community and and chat to get their view of the match. And I guess both of you, what's your initial view on whether Australia should play Afghanistan?
0: Um,
5: I think it'd be disappointing with given the first Test under the circumstances it, that it is I would have liked it to have been a bigger occasion where you could have crowds and it could be like a real celebratory thing for being the first one I don't like that it's going to have to be like probably you know all negotiated with quarantine and borders and probably no crowds I, 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 would have, I would like it delayed if it meant it could be a bigger spectacle
3: no but I think the point is should we be playing at all that with the Taliban taking over and if if there's a feeling that potentially if they are also going to say for example ban the afghanistan women's team from playing that by engaging with the afghanistan men's side it's sort of allowing a form of soft diplomacy from the taliban that they can sort of say oh everything's still normal we're still playing sport even if they are actively um stopping the women's team women's team from playing and i think that it's a very difficult situation. There's the parallel. It's not a perfect parallel at all, but with South Africa, where by stopping all forms of sporting relations with South Africa, it's widely accepted that that helped to slowly bring about the end of apartheid. I, I think it just needs to be up to some much more geopolitically expert people than me to sort of work it out, whether or not it would be the right thing to do, because it would be heartbreaking to ban the men's side. Um, and I'd feel that really, really bad about that. But if that's the right thing to do, then that's what should be done.
5: Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm a bit torn. Maybe it's for them, for the men's side itself to take a, take a stand. Like if, um, rather than like the Afghanistan men's side to decide whether it's appropriate for them to play rather than us decide whether it's appropriate to play them. I don't know. It's a really hard one because then we had like, you know, we had Afghanistan athletes compete in the Paralympics, which was really good. Is that kind of. Can you draw a comparison with that? I don't know. It's a, that's a, it's a tough one. Again, I, I think you're right, Paul. I think it's like more geopolitical minds need to figure that out rather than sporting minds.
3: Yeah, it needs to be an international sort of decision. But there's also that hybrid solution of um, where, like with the Russian athletes in the Olympics, they competed but they didn't technically compete for Russia that I suppose the Afghanistan men's side could play but in some different format. I, I don't think it can be up to the players though because if they were to sort of unilaterally decide not to play, that would put their own families in such danger that I, I can't, I, I don't think that they could be asked to do that.
4: I think it's the ICC need to work out what's going to happen with the Afghanistan women's team. And if they are no longer able to play, then they would have to um, think about whether Afghanistan deserves test status. Um, that's the way I see it.
5: I honestly think that, you know, all the um, COVID problems might be the be like, might sort of, before it even gets to that point, that might rule out the it going ahead, well, rather than
4: a nice being, way out.
5: It well, yes, it would be, wouldn't it? I mean, it would be a very convenient way out of no one making a, a really tough stance. But uh, I actually think that could come down to being to ruling it out before it even gets to that stage. Which I, I would, yeah, it'd be just, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a tough one.
4: It is a tough one. All right. So we've been stumped by that last one. We're going to take a quick break. Then we'll, be back with viewer mail and can't let it go. Just want to remind you, if you want to send us any questions, any topics you want us to talk about, anything you want to throw at either of us, I um, mean, head to Twitter at Oz cricket pod. That's a U S cricket pod. We're also on Instagram on Oz cricket pod as well. And you can email Oz at gmail.com. All right. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm Menes I'm with Jaleesa and Paul. And we got some messages um, after our anniversary episode the week before last. So Sam has written in, Langer has to go, Menes. The sooner they get Gillespie, Punter, or McDonald in, the better. So um, another one on my side. James, geez, Menes, you and Langer are cut from the same cloth. What an insane rant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't listen back, so I have no idea how insane it was. And then one for Jaleesa, Paul Bonso. Great episode, guys. Looking forward to angry Jaleesa apps in the coming weeks. Your turn, Jaleesa. Well, James Faulkner copped it, that's for sure.
5: James (laughs) Faulkner would disagree.
4: (laughs) All right, now it's can't let it go time. That little bit of cricket news, you just can't let go through to Josh Inglis. Jaleesa, what's your can't let it go?
5: Um, my can't let it go is, uh, a little bit of a funny one. Um, and it's a tweet that comes from, um, Paul's best mate, not Ollie Davies, his other best mate, um, Dan Christian, who posted a picture with a tweet, George Bailey told me he was keen to improve the lines of communication between players and selectors. I don't, I didn't think that this was the way I was going to find out I'd been dropped though. Bravo, George. And he's got a picture here from a newspaper um, from a cryptic crossword. And I don't know where the cryptic crossword was or what newspaper, but um, in Clue 23, it says Indigenous Sydney Sixers and ex-Australian T20 (laughs) (laughs) all-rounder.
3: He's a legend. He should be captain. He should be captain for the Ashes.
5: So... um, and the answer was obviously Dan Christian.
1: So that was
5: quite quite a funny one. <laughs> also, someone had like uh a lot of people had replied with the answers to other clues, which was quite funny. Although comments <laughs> were like, Oh, just so you know, nineteen across is this and fourteen down is this. It's quite funny.
4: That's a good one. Paul, do you have a car let it go?
3: Yeah. Um just the Last night, as England were beginning their runs chase, Michael Atherton, who was just about my favourite commentator, was asked, how should they approach this? And he gave the compulsory answer, which is, they should just bat normally, and at lunch, if things are okay, slightly increase the tempo, and then at tea assess the situation. If they need to get five and over, and they've got, you know, maybe eight wickets in hand, then maybe they can go for it. This is the... The, the conventional wisdom that you, you're, you're almost not allowed to even contemplate that you're going for a runs chase. It, it's like a superstition that if you even indicate, yes, we're going for these runs, then you'll immediately lose. I think that needs to be turned on its head. Last night, uh, on, on night four, the pitch was as flat as attack and the start of day five, it was the same thing. Because England went out with their usual openers, um, Burns and Hamid, who scored really, really slowly, they squandered those great, op- those, those great conditions. And all of a sudden, midway through yesterday or day five, when the ball started reverse swinging, they collapsed and they were nowhere near. Burns made 50 off 125. Hamid made 63 off 193. Now, on one hand, yes, they are the two top scorers of the side, well done. But on the other hand, scoring it vastly under a strike rate of 50, it cost England any chance they had. I really reckon, and if you look as well, just before they came out to bat, the Indians beforehand, Shadultaka made 60 from 72. Umesh Yadav made 25 from 23 and Boomer made 24 from 38. I know it's different when you're then coming out to bat and you're not, not a tail ender having a bit of a swing, but if they had said, right, let's just, uh, open up with, uh, I don't know, Root and Bearstow and get them to play normally or even go more aggressively than that. Tell them, yes, we are going to go for these runs. Um, we're not going to bat it out and survive. The 120-something overs, we're not going to bat those out. Let's actually go for the runs. That's our best chance of winning the game and also our best chance of drawing the game because uh, Coley won't be able to have massively aggressive fields in. They do this all the time, England. Uh, completely negative, completely defensive. And it was instructive. one of the commentators said that Mark Ward just contacted him and said, if England don't go for these runs, then why are they even bothering playing cricket? Which I think was a pretty good, um, a pretty good expression.
4: I have to agree. England should have been more positive. I I do see the value though in a top order laying the platform for the lower order. I mean, you cherry pick those stats from the Indian order of Thakur, Yadav and Bumrah, but the foundation for them to play the way they played was laid by the top order. But I, I do think it comes down to intention. Were England going for the runs and on during, that first session on the fifth day, they just weren't positive enough and it did put them behind and sort of took the win out of, out of um, reach. So yeah, I agree with your overall point, but I think you shouldn't undervalue what a, a good solid top order can do.
3: Now you've just cherry picked those stats as well, because in the first innings, Taku scored even faster. he scored the fastest 50 in the history of cricket in England. And he did it off no platform because that all collapsed. Uh, I think that the notion that, um, that you've got to have that platform, It sometimes is relevant, but it doesn't always follow. I think that in in this case, in this second innings where it was so flat, it was so flat, it was so flat, and then it started to reverse swing. They'd squandered the opportunity for their best players and their most aggressive players to bat when the conditions suited.
4: Well, mate, all I want to point you to is some of Justin Langer's great times as part of the engine room in Australian cricket. You need a top three that is an engine room. and uh, You're right, it doesn't always play out that way, but... I still think um, it's important. I'll tell you
3: what, if Langer had opened the batting, um, Langer often scored much more quickly than people people gave him credit for. I reckon if Langer had opened the batting um, on that flat pitch on day four, uh, he would have gone along at a pretty brisk strike rate and um, he he would have done quite well, but he's obviously, uh, you know, a bloody good player.
4: All righty. Now, Mike can't let it go. Final bit of sound. Ricky Ponting was on the radio in Western Australia, speaking to Adam Gilchrist and, on a, an SEN show called Gillian Goss, and have a listen to this. I think there's a little bit of a, a slide dig here at some of the cricketers around the world. What an what an amazing job I reckon the Indians have done with hand, handling their situation. I mean, those guys they literally haven't been home. They, out they, Pant before the IPL started had had three days at home since june last year i think he had three days and i don't think he went i don't think he went home after this IPL leader before he went to england because if they went home they had to quarantine again so um but they've just even the, what they did in australia with one, you know with the yeah. second and third 11 side and the, the resilience they showed there um they, they are a, a tough breed these days don't, don't worry about that they, and you don't hear anything from them you don't hear any moaning yes no one's pulling out mm. And going home, needing a break and needing the rest. They just—they love playing for India. They love the game, and they love competing. And what about that last sentence? You don't hear any moaning.
3: <laughs> uh, but I, I think that that it, it just—it differs from person to person. Um, Richard Pudd's twenty-three, um, has no kids, and it, I compare his situation to Joss Butler, and I can understand why Butler—Joss Butler—might Joss Butler not be all that keen to come out to Australia and. And quarantine when he just had the, the birth of his second child. Um, I, I think that Ponting's point's well made, but you've got to look into each each set of circumstances.
4: Yeah, I, I just think it's scary though because I think India not only are they a great side, but they've got this attitude that Australia used to have, where playing cricket for your country is seen as being the most important thing. You know, more important than everything else, family, whatever. They all they're all just obsessed with playing for India and. Uh, you know, it seems to be a level above what maybe the Australian players um, feel towards playing for their country. And, you know, when you get that, you know, that desire that India have along with their skill and their population, they could be, you know, about to enter, you know, 10, 20 years of just complete utter dominance.
3: That's a very good point. Where did you hear that from?
5: What a sad way to live.
3: <laughs> Which bit? Man- is that you just commenting on on and men me separately or
5: yeah yeah I wasn't commenting on the topic at all I'm just looking at you two going what a sad way to live
4: <laughs> I'm not stealing your point you said they could be dominant right I, yeah. I'm agreeing with you I'm not <laughs> I'm saying that Look at this from Ponting saying, the players don't care. They don't even want to see their families. They just want to play cricket all the time. No, no, but the point I'm making is that when you said suddenly as though they might dominate
3: for 10 or 20 years, after having rubbished me all the time for suggesting that, I thought you were being ironic and amusing, and now I find out you're actually being earnest. That's a bit disturbing. What a sad way to live.
4: I was never rubbishing you saying they could dominate for 20 years. I think I often agreed. I think all I ever said was it's scary. I mean, it was. Ah, okay, fair enough.
5: I would like to just clarify that I was saying what a sad way to live of cricket dominating your life not so obviously I was still talking about yes exactly <laughs> no, no I was just saying what a sad way to live if you if you just had so much desire not to get home uh if that is look I, I think that Ponting is right they've been incredibly resilient and they've really dug in and Probably knowing that eventually the pandemic will end, they will get home they will see everyone but uh yeah i don't really um i don't really begrudge any cricketer who's decided not to play cricket for a period of time so that they can see their family because it would be a very sad way to live if you didn't want to see your family and well,
3: yeah. also
5: you too you too are a sad way to live
3: well and the um the, the satirical account that used to be on Facebook called the the park cricketer he had this thing he was a, he was a fake character but um there was one thing where he said the cap, the, the, the coach said, All right, um, we're doing catching practice now at the end of uh, it's like a Tuesday night training. We've got to catch 25 in a row uh, before we can go home. And he said, I kept on deliberately dropping them. So I wouldn't have to go home and see my wife and kids. <laughs> <laughs>
4: All righty. Well, look, we'll let Jalisa go. She's obviously spent too much time with us talking cricket um, today, so um, we'll wrap this up for cricket unfiltered.
5: Yeah, I've just, I've just. When I was saying what a sad way to live, I was actually just reassessing all my life choices (laughs) and what I was doing on a
4: Tuesday. did you go with the sledging last week, Jalisa.
5: Yeah, you did sledge me last week. That was mean.
4: Yeah. Well, I'm glad you turned up this week.
5: Well, Uh, do you like the fact that I text first today and I said, "Where is everyone?" Not. You know, you were, you were moaning last week that we weren't needy enough for you and I text first this yesterday, today.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. I was going to go and have lunch. I would have just missed the whole podcast. So thank you. Yeah.
5: Well, well that's secretly what Paul and I were hoping, but anyway.
4: <laughs> well, on that note, that's it for this edition of Cricket Unfiltered. Send us messages. Uh, send us questions. Uh, I've been joined by Julissa Apps the hostess from the um, channel 10 and um, Paul Dennett. And we'll be back next week.
5: Makes me sound like a flight attendant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On Florida's space coast. We think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now, driving at your desk, Maybe at the gym, but you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.